God, we love you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you that we're going to come and hear your word, God, that it's going to be your spirit here tonight, Father, because where two or more are gathered, there you are. God, and we thank you for filling us up, God, and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to stay full, and we thank you, God, for picking us for a time such as this. God, we're thankful. We're thankful because we don't got to go to hell. We get to go to heaven. We thank you that all things work together for our good because we love you and we follow you, God. So we're excited about the future, what it holds. We're excited about now. And we thank you, God, for the time you've called us to. We're thankful, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you, God, for our pastor. We thank you that he's able to have little times of refreshing. We thank you that you've given us the pastor we have. We thank you, God, for that. We thank you for giving us a good pastor. We thank you for picking him to come to Northwest Arkansas. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we really do have a good pastor. Yeah, we do. Um, Without Pastor Tim coming here, I don't know what I'd be doing, you know? He's a pretty, I'm a pretty direct result of Pastor Tim. My wife's a pretty direct result of Pastor Tim. You know what I'm saying? My wife would probably not be a Christian at all um, if it wasn't for Pastor Tim coming to Northwest Arkansas. Um, so that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good for us. It's a really good thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, God's good. And he picked us for such a time as this. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's pretty cool because he could have picked a whole lot of people, right? He could have picked a whole lot of people. And the cool thing is Northwest Arkansas is growing all the time. I don't know if this is true or not, but I had an insurance lady tell me this. So it may be true. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the insurance lady's got the census. But they said like 30 to 40 people are moving here a day or something like that. That's huge. I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, I haven't looked it up, but she sells insurance. So I think she's trying to, you know, that was her thing, you know, but 30 to 40 people are moving here a day. Man, what an opportunity that is, huh? That's serious stuff. Imagine if 30, 40 people were added to the church a day. We'd be out of this place in like three days, (laughs) you know? pretty close to it. I mean, 30 to 40 people a day, that's serious stuff. Well, that's how the early church was being added to, except more, right? It's that the multitudes were added every day, right? And like Acts 2, it was like Acts 2.34 or whatever, um, 3,000 people at one shot, bam, right there, you know. Um, But it really helped that uh, everybody at that time was in one accord in one place, you know? They all had one mind. They had a one-track mind. They had one thing on their mind, you know what I'm saying? Um, they had ruts established already. They had one thing on their mind because they knew that life was super duper short. Life's like, what, 80 years, 100 years if you're doing good, you know, you, you eat your apples or whatever, you know, you got like 100 years, you know. And that's like nothing compared to eternity, you know. And I don't want to cross over into heaven and take one step and be like, wow, this is what eternity looks like. And I wasted that blink of an eye, you know, that vapor. I don't really want to do that. 
And that's something I think about. You know, I try to have an eternal, you know, an eternity mindset. I try to think about eternity and what's going to happen with eternity. Because the crazy thing about eternity is eternity never stops. (laughs) And whenever you like kind of start to get revelation of that, that's a crazy thing. You know, um, it never stops for us that are going to heaven. But it never stops for everybody else either. And whenever you kind of start to get like a revelation and an understanding of that, I asked God to give me an understanding of eternity. And um, I, I didn't really get it for a long time. Not really, you know. And then I started getting it piece by piece. A revelation of what eternity is. Because everything in this life, we have a time, it's a time section. You know, there's a little, there's a chunk of time, Right? But then after that, after this life is over, there is nothing, it will never stop. It will never stop. No matter, no matter what, it will never stop. And whenever you kind of start to realize how many millions and billions, what, you know, what are you going to be thinking about a trillion years from now? And then even after that, it doesn't stop. And then 10 trillion years from now, and then after that, it doesn't stop. It's a phenomenal thing for us, right? Because we get to be with God, Right? for trillions and trillions and trillions of years, and then it just never stops, right? I can't hardly wrap my mind around that. But everybody else is going to have trillions and trillions and trillions of years too, and they're going to be wishing it stopped. But it will never. And that's something that is so sobering, it's like uh, scary almost sometimes. And I think maybe that's why God, I still don't believe I have a full revelation of that by any means. And I don't know if I ever will in this life, eternity. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think that's why God waited to kind of start giving me revelation of that because of the reality of what eternity looks like and how big and massive it is, right? But God's good and God's awesome, right? (laughs) Um, And he picked us for such a time as this. And there's like 7 billion people on the planet and we're part of that. And it's a really good time to be alive. A lot of cool new things, right? We get to shower indoors, (laughs) you know, Um, But since we already got the ushers, let's go ahead and take up the offering. Um, Yeah, raise your hands. Just a real quick testimony. God led me and Avery to give the biggest amount we've given as a couple. And then I think maybe we received the biggest amount we've ever received as a couple right after. So isn't that God, you know? And it was like uh, five times more than we gave. (laughs) So that's pretty awesome. We have never received anything like that. God's good. And he blessed us with a new car, so we don't have a two-door anymore. (laughs) That's pretty great. Um, God's just doing good stuff. And if you'll believe him for more, he'll give you more. You know what I'm saying? Right? And uh, this life of faith, it never quits. Um, I had a teacher say that at Rhema. She was like, you never get to quit living. You never get to stop living by faith. She's like, I'm sorry, you know. But that's the truth, you know. You never get a break from living by faith. And your life is so much better whenever you do live by faith, right? Some of the most exciting times of my life were like the most like nuts situations that your flesh is like, dude, I really don't want to be in this situation, you know. But then your spirit man's like, yeah, dude, we're like living by faith. We're like trusting God right now, you know. He's stoked about it, the spirit man. And then the flesh is like screaming, (laughs) you know. And so you got this whole like inner thing going on. And uh, so then you decide to do with it what you will after that. But we all go through things, and God has just shown himself faithful time and time again. So let's pray over this offering. All right.
God, we love you. We thank you for giving us the money to sow. God, we thank you that we get to pay tithes. We thank you that we get to give offerings. And we thank you that you give us more abundantly. As we give, you will give to us. We thank you, God. If we have a habit of giving, you will feed that habit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's good, amen. Amen. Let's go to, um, sorry guys. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. This morning I was like, you know, preparing for tonight, and uh, Nora Kate was on the floor. You know, she just started crawling, and which is cute and all, but I'm hearing this crinkling on the floor, and I'm like, there ain't nothing on the floor. And Avery goes, Joel, and I looked down, and she had like the pages of my Bible, and was like going to town, and I stopped her in time, but uh, she's already in the Word. You know what I'm saying? Uh, First Corinthians twelve twelve, uh, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So there's many members in Christ's body on the earth. Christ's body on the earth is His church on the earth collectively, right? For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. One Spirit. We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Um, my, my Bible takes out into, so it's a, we have all been made to drink one spirit. Man, that's awesome. It's, the, it's, it's what never makes you thirst again, <laughs> Right? For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole, hear- and if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And I have written next to that, it pleased him. It pleased God. It was God's good pleasure to set us in the body where we are and where we're supposed to be because he's a good earthly father and he only has good things for us. Amen? He took his son and he put him on the cross and he died for us, right? I mean, his son came willingly, right? His son wanted to come. Jesus wanted to come. But he put us in the body where it pleased him, right? He put us in the body where it pleased him and he knew it would be the very best place for us. Sometimes whenever you're following God, you know, it's like, uh, I don't want to do that. Because it doesn't look very good. Right? I'm not saying being here in Northwest Arkansas or whatever it doesn't look very good. But, you know, like whenever, me and Avery, we both took missions, right? And then God says, go back to Rogers. You know? That doesn't look like what you expect it to look like. You know? But it has been so awesome. You know? 
it's kind of like one of those deals where you look back and be like, oh, that was the good old days. That was it's like we kind of feel like right now this is a pretty these are some good old days, you know. Um, but where God would have you and what God wants for you is the very best thing for you, hands down, no question. Don't even question it. And sometimes it's hard because something looks great, right? Sometimes promotions or whatever look totally awesome, or decisions that you'll make look totally awesome. But if you don't have peace, if you got that gross, ugly feeling on the inside, don't take it because he has something much, much better for you. You know what I'm saying? The only times that me and Avery have ever gotten in trouble is whenever we denied what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do. It's the only times where we've ever been like, man, this is a tough time. I mean, this is a truly tough time. Because there's something about knowing you're doing what God told you to do, that peace and that knowing, right? Dude, you can withstand anything. You can withstand any storm that this life brings, right? Anything thrown at you, if you keep that peace and you know you're following God, right? You can withstand anything in this world, no matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is in this world, if you know you're doing what God told you to do, that will help sustain you, right? I know some missionaries in Africa, and they're like, in Uganda, and they said, man, they're like... Peace Corps workers and stuff like almost never last longer than a year here, you know. And uh, they said, they said it's just a hard place to live in this part of this part of Uganda, right? They're like it's just a hard place to live, you know. And they said Peace Corps workers and stuff never last longer than a year. They said, uh, but the ones who know God told them to be here are the ones that last and the ones that are sustained. You know what I'm saying? So there's just something about following that peace, right? and trusting God, and not going against your conscience, right? Because the spirit and the flesh are like trying to war together. Um, I like how Pastor Tim puts it. He's like, you got a starving dog, and you got a lion, right? Let's say the starving dog is your spirit, and the lion's your flesh. Well, if you starve that lion, and you feed that dog, eventually that dog can whip that lion, you know? And that's something that's always just kind of stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? Because we're a generation that spends, this is a, this is a time in history uh, that we've never seen before. You know, every TV show has got a hook on the end of it to make you watch more TV, right? Everything on Facebook, everything on social media has got a hook on it to make you want more and more and more. And so there's this whole group, maybe six billion people on the planet or whatever, that are becoming more and more addicted to phones. Like, you go to the craziest, deepest parts of the jungle, and people are starting to get phones, you know? It's, it's crazy. But they got Facebook in deep jungle Taiwan, you know? It's like, wow, you know? But there's this, there's this whole world that's starting to become desensitized and closed off, right, and distracted, because the devil would like nothing more than for people in general to be distracted. And he'd like nothing more than the, for the church to be distracted. You know what I'm saying? He would like nothing more than for the church to be distracted. Um, actually, God dealt with me, and I'm like, not toot my own heart or whatever, because it was. But uh, I'm taking a year, I'm not watching Netflix. Right, unless me and Avery want to watch a, a movie together, but no shows, no nothing like that, because I just, I, I, you know, you do the math on how much like a movie takes up out of your time, right? And then you add that plus work, right? Say forty or fifty hours, plus you know maybe five hours of TV a week at minimum these days, right? And then you add the bathroom and you add uh, food. There ain't a whole lot of time left to hang out with God. I mean, intimately. 
So God had me take a year off Netflix, and it feels great. You know what I'm saying? Um, we live in a world that's just being sucked in and sucked away from God. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got into a habit of saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm really sorry. I've been training a lot at Marabella's, and I say, you know what I'm saying? Like, you understand? I'm trying to break it. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, all right, verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. I like that because... um, one thing me and Avery have always kept in mind and always kind of thought about is, you know, whenever we, get, we all get up to heaven and, uh, you know, God's talking about achievements. You know, you expect to see Billy Graham up there. You expect to see the Apostle Paul, you know. But then he says, Doris, <laughs> you know. And then here comes Doris, who's been praying in her prayer closet and seeing the fall of communist Russia because she was praying in her prayer closet and she's seen all of her grandkids saved because she was praying in her prayer closet. You know what I mean? These may be less honorable things on earth, but they are given so much honor by God and that is totally awesome. And I heard another minister say she was kind of a bigger minister. She said, um, you know, in a nutshell, uh, she was walking off the stage and all these people were applauding for her and then another minister said to her, did you enjoy that moment? Because that's all... Um, the reward you're going to get, you know. Um, she said, so you better be doing some things in secret. And uh, so sometimes people kind of think that what they're doing is a whole lot less than what somebody else, even like Pastor Tim, is doing. But if you're doing what God told you to do, then you're doing just as much as Billy Graham or Pastor Tim or the Apostle Paul. Amen. See, I kind of think that we're coming to a time where the whole body of Christ is going to rise up and do what they're supposed to do. There won't be two or three great big ministers that, you know, the rest just follow necessarily. It'll be the whole body of Christ coming up and being the bride she was supposed to be, right? And I'm kind of, I think we're kind of starting to see more and more of it. Even though it doesn't seem like it, it seems like the world's getting worse and worse. But as that darkness gets darker and darker, right, the light gets brighter and brighter. You know what I'm saying? And it just seems like there's coming a time when the whole body of Christ will, do, will, will rise up and do what she was supposed to do and be the bride she was supposed to be, spotless, blameless, pure, right, doing exactly what she was supposed to be. And I think that we have a real opportunity to be a part of that here at Faith Builders Family Church. God is like literally bringing the people to Northwest Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? He's like literally bringing us the people. He's like, all right, come on, you know, we're going. You know, they're being dropped off at our back door and we have this amazing opportunity. If we'll just come in one accord doing our part in the body, right? Simple as that. Do our part in the body, we can see this thing wrapped up. We can see Northwest Arkansas totally shook. You know, 30 or 40 people moving here a day, if we get two or three of them, right? Um, 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Amen. 
that there should be no schism in the body. Another word for that is division. No division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Just as the body cares for itself, right? Everything works together on the body, right? That's the same member, that's the same, that's the same um, attitude, that's the same lifestyle we should have. What would, it, what would it make sense if you just got aggravated at your hand for not being able to throw a ball right, you know, so you, you cut it off? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense, you know. But sometimes the body of Christ tends to do that. Somebody slips and falls a little bit, send them on their way. You know, they messed up. But that's not what this is saying at all. You know, this is saying that there should be no division in the body, okay? And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen. There's a lot to be said in verse 26, right? Especially if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Sometimes people get mad at other people's promotion. That is directly against verse 26. And that's crazy. Because if one member of the body gets brought up, the whole body gets brought up. Amen? That's the thing. <laughs> if one member gets brought up, the whole body gets brought up. Right? Amen. And if one member suffers, oh, sorry, sorry, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, uh, first apostles, second prophets, so on and so on. Um. You know, and, and, and we, may, we, we may not all be the ones to go, right? We're supposed to go somewhere. Don't get me wrong. But like Pierre Hilgard said, some are called to go, some are called to send, right? Um, if you're a sender, you're still a goer. You just may not go as far, right? If you're a sender, you're still a goer. And if you're a goer, you're still a sender. You know? Just because you're a missionary doesn't mean you stop send, paying your tithes, you know? And he, I'm not saying he meant that at all right? But basically the point is nobody's off the hook in this deal, right? Nobody's, everybody is supposed to be joined and knit tightly together with the rest of the body of Christ. Amen? No one person has all the gifts and there's a reason for that. God made us codependent, not independent. Amen? Um, you know, a good example of that is me, you know, I'd like to start up a business, but it's just not what I'm supposed to do, right? I mean, who wouldn't like to be their own boss, you know? But my buddy Travis, you know, the guy with the, from the video with the chainsaw, uh, that dude can start businesses like, like, it's like, whoa, you know? He just starts it, and it, it, most of the time it just works, you know? Um, unless we mess up on something, right? But the dude can start businesses, I mean, he's just anointed to do it and called to do it. And the dude gives like crazy. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if he'd mind me saying that. But the dude gives above and beyond the minimum. The dude gives like crazy. The dude built us a house, and we live in it for free, even though everybody said, charge him rent. And he built us, he restored us a house on his property for us to live in for free. I mean, and we're talking... Uh, not a particularly rich guy. This guy's, a, you know, a blue-collar guy. But he's just such a giver. And he starts these, these businesses then, and God just blesses them, you know? Amen. But that's his part in the body. And even though he doesn't have his own business right now, I know, that, I know he will. 
you know, because he's just anointed to do it, and I'm just not, (laughs) you know? But that's his part. And as long as he keeps doing his part, the whole body can come up. Amen? 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. Amen. This can be applied to financial things. It can be applied to spiritual things. It can be applied to physical things. We all have this supply to bring. And whenever we come to church, especially, we've got this supply to bring. Amen? Whenever you come to church, you know, people think that that coming to church is an option. Um, And it's just not whenever you start to realize that you have this supply to bring. Amen? You've got a supply of the Spirit. You know what I mean? You've got a supply of the Spirit to bring. Whenever you come with expectation, right, God can reward that. I like what Lance says. Lance says, nobody ever came to Jesus wanting and left lacking. Nobody ever came to Jesus wanting and left lacking. Nobody. Because he gives abundantly more than you could ask or think. So all you have to do is come to church with the faith the size of a mustard seed, and you won't lack one thing whenever you come out. Now, if you come dry as a bone and you have no desire, right, what are you going to get out of it? About as much as you put into it, you know? But whenever we come expecting and we, we kind of establish this lifestyle of expecting God and understanding that we have a part to play in this whole deal, even just say in northwest Arkansas or just in this church, right, whenever we come expecting we'll receive so much more than we ever expected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because God's a good father. And if you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a rock. You know? Amen. Ephesians 4.16. Sorry. Galatians 4, 6, or Ephesians 4, 16. Uh, Let's go to 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, if you'll put it up, on the screen, I want to read that in the NLT, please. Ephesians 4, 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So as everybody, every part of the body does its own special work, the whole body is able to grow. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this because this is a really good way of putting it. I like the word healthy in that. Whenever the whole body does what it's supposed to do and it's walking in love and it's fulfilling the great commission, right? 
and it's reading and it's staying prayed up and it's staying full and it's expecting, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. I like that word health. You, I, you guys may not know this. You may have heard Lance make fun of me. But um, whenever I was a kid, right, uh, I was growing really fast, okay? But my, muscle, my, my muscles couldn't stretch as fast as my bones were growing. So I had like one leg that was a little shorter than the other. So I was kind of a slow kid. And I wore like one, whenever they found my, whenever I went into the doctor, uh, the eye doctor, they found out I had one eye that was almost blind. And now it's like almost perfect, right? But so I had like one really thick prescription and one leg that was shorter than the other. So Lance still makes fun of me for it. I'm surprised if you haven't heard it. He thinks it's great, right? So I was like a really slow kid on the softball team. And at about age 16, it all kind of balanced out and I was fast, you know, um, at least for me. Uh, but my body, because my muscles weren't keeping up with my bones and my muscles weren't doing what they were supposed to do, it threw the whole body out of whack. It threw the whole body out of whack. So my body wasn't able to grow and develop as it was supposed to grow and develop. Well, it's a very similar thing whenever we walk out of love with each other. We gossip about each other. That's the same thing as part of the body growing and then us just stopping. We're done growing. As a matter of fact, we're going to try to pull down that part of the body. That's what gossip does, and I believe gossip hurts the father. You know, you got two kids and they just absolutely can't stand each other or they're talking bad about each other behind their back. I believe gossip hurts God's heart. You know, and we do it and we kind of fall into it without even realizing we're doing it. Um, I had God uh, a whole year. God had me just stay on love. And that's what I read about. That's what I studied about, right? And that's what I did. And I felt like I was pretty good at the whole love thing for a while, you know. But then I started to let it slip. You know, you start gossiping a little bit. You're like, I really need to say this. But you don't need to say it, you know. Everybody's done it. You're like, oh, it feels good to to talk bad about somebody, you know? And uh, so you do it, right? And then you do it more and you do it more until eventually you're kind of an angry person towards the world and you've got a negative outlook on everything, you know? And, uh, you know, you kind of start to look for things to make you mad, you know? You, you're you're, you're going to find what you're looking for. And if you want somebody to make you mad, they're going to make you mad, you know? But I don't remember what happened. But basically, it came to a point where I was like, okay, I got to stop, pump the brakes. And so then I started reading about love. I started watching videos about love on YouTube, you know, uh, like Kenneth Hagin or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, I kind of started to realize that I was thinking things different. I had so much more peace about me. But another thing I noticed is that it was such a fight to stop myself from talking bad about people at first. I mean hard. You know, you really get into the habit of something, you know, and uh, it can be a, a hard thing to get out of. Now, I'm just being honest with you guys. Don't burn me at the stake, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was hard at first. I mean, it was a hard thing to do. But I stopped it, and I've had so much more peace since then. But that's what the body of Christ does whenever it tries to drag itself down. You, that's all you're doing. Whenever you're trying to drag other people down, whether or not you realize that you're gossiping, you're whatever, you got anger towards them, unforgiveness, what you're doing is you're slowing down the body. I was a slow kid <laughs> because my body was actually warring against itself. Well, it's the same thing. God never made us. He made us to be a well-oiled machine. 
But whenever we step out of love and we step into unforgiveness, um, that's what we're doing is we're dragging the whole body down. And then whenever you go to pray, you know, you go into the throne room and you got somebody in a headlock, you know what I'm saying? You're like, God, I love you so much. Shut up, you know? <laughs> and you're, you know, you're like, I just need help with this situation and I can't tell what's, you know, there's nothing wrong in my life, you know, and you still got the person in the headlock, you know? And you're like, why is this not working out for me? Shut up, you know? Faith works by love, right? But that's the same thing we do whenever we, whenever we harbor unforgiveness or we have issues, right? We're taking people into the throne room in a headlock, right? We're all meant to be a part of this deal in whatever position we're called to be at, right? And this is a crazy area because this place is getting more and more corporate, Northwest Arkansas. When I was a little kid, it didn't seem this corporate. Maybe it's because I was a little kid. But my family, pretty hillbilly, you know? Because they've been in, they're from Northwest Arkansas. You know, pretty hillbilly. Had, you know, yeah, hunting dogs and everything, right? Um, but over the kind of the course of my life, especially whenever I went to Raymond and came back, this area has just been progressively more corporate, right? And if you're called to be the corporate guy, then you're called to be the corporate guy. There has got to be spirit-filled corporate guys. There's got to be spirit-filled plumbers. There's got to be spirit-filled electricians, right? There's got to be spirit-filled, you know, accountants. But if you're not called to be on the ladder, you don't need to be on the ladder. And, um, you know, this life is short. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy. It's something I told Avery before I came here. I said, you're going to have to watch me here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really give myself to a job, you know. We, you know, God told us come back here and serve at the church. We keep that a priority, you know. But it's just so easy kind of, especially for our area, to get distracted by things and get distracted by the corporate ladder and get distracted by working their way to the middle, you know, because that's where most end up. And then they're going to look back on eternity during eternity and say, what have I done, you know? Um, and then even us, it kind of even trickles down into the church, right? And we get distracted. We get distracted by TV. We get distracted by cell phones. We get distracted by our jobs. We get distracted by everything leading us away from God, leading us away from spending time with him, and leading us away from winning souls. And then we become inward focused. We become selfish. And then the only time we hang out with God is whenever we're inside the four walls, of this building. And then we've got a problem because instead of eating three warm meals a day, as they say, you're eating one or two snacks, right? Because church is just a continuation of your worship. It's not the, it's not the everything. Amen? You know, we're not called to be museums, you know, of things past. And that's what some churches kind of become. That's what some organizations kind of become, and they start out great, and they start out on fire, and then they get so inward focused, and they remember the days past that they never really move forward or grow, and that's just not what we're called to do as the body of Christ. We're called to move forward. We're called to minister. We're called to function in the body how we're supposed to function in the body. Is this making sense? You know, you die to self, and that's what you have to do. He has to increase and you have to decrease, you know? He has to increase and you have to decrease. And whenever you decide that you're completely sold out to God and you're completely going to do whatever he wants you to do every minute, every second of every minute of your day, 
all the other things became, become so much easier. Whenever I decide Joel isn't the big picture, right? Whenever I decide the world doesn't revolve around Joel, all of a sudden offense becomes a whole lot easier to deal with. You know? All of a sudden these issues, whatever they are, become a whole lot easier to deal with. Somebody cuts me off in traffic, easy to deal with, right? I actually waved at somebody the other day and they were not waving back, you know? <laughs> but... Um, it just, it just, it all just kind of rolls off your back, you know, after a while, you know, not to say you're perfect, you know, but to say that you can increase and decrease, that, that you can increase in your love walk is totally possible. And to say that you can sin less and less and less to the point to where you don't remember the last time you sinned, that's possible. And that sounds unattainable, but it's absolutely not. You can go so long without denying the Holy Spirit and without denying the Scripture and without denying your conscience that you don't remember the last time you did it. And that's the place I want to be at. You know? God's good and he is so merciful and he picks us and he picked us at this time in the body. And to think that he picked me is pretty wild because I know me. You know? God's good. God's good. Mm. It, it was a pretty good opportunity. I know it's a little off topic, but, uh, you know, Peter Hilgard come in, that was pretty cool because we gave so much more than this church has ever gave, right? And I kind of like to think of dollars as like little ministers, you know, going out. And we sent a lot of little ministers to reach a lot of souls, you know. And that's pretty great because it's like a drop in the bucket, you know, and then... I don't know how many people will be saved in this crusade, but I'm assuming a large amount, right? It's like a drop in the bucket. So you drop, or a pond, right? You drop the rock in the pond, and then the ripples get bigger and bigger. You know, Africa is really seeing some people saved right now, and we had a great part to play in that. We're ministering to people in Africa. Man, that's so cool. That is so cool. It's a good time to be at this church. You know, it's a good time to be in the place in the body that God called you to be. You know, we're going to have a kids camp this summer. We're going to have a youth camp. And there's a lot of lives changed from these things, you know. My life was changed from camps, you know, and uh, from God, you know. But we have opportunities in this church, you know, to do our part in the body, that, in the part of the body that we're called to. And it's just a matter of finding that part. Nobody's useless in this deal. Everybody's got a part to play, you know? Everybody's got a part to play. And that's the great thing about it is God uses every single person. Whether you're a thumb or an eyeball or an elbow, God uses every single person. Amen? So I, for one, I'm going to do everything I can. And I'm going to do more all the time. Amen? God's good, amen? How far can we go as one body? You know? How far can we go as one, I mean really one body with one mind, a one-track mind, just sold out, just a one-track mind, there's one thing we care about, and that's God, and that's seeing his plan fulfilled. How far can we go? Let's go to Acts um, 
Let me find it. 240. There it is. All right. And with many other... Now, this is right after... Um, this is just right at the beginning of Acts. Um, and uh, they just preached to, I think, 3,000 right here. And seen them saved. Um, oh, there it is right there. So, Acts 40. Uh, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. That sounds familiar, huh? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Man, that is amazing. That's what somebody on fire with the Holy Ghost can do if they're willing and they're bold and they care about souls. It's still doable today. 3,000 can be added like that. Amen? And we have um, about uh, 7 billion opportunities (laughs) to try our hand at it. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. I have written next to that family. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Amen. Now before this, I doubt they had all things in common. I doubt they had very much of anything in common. But there's something about the supernatural knitting together by the Holy Ghost of a group of people to where they have one thing in common. You know? And that's the one thing that matters. And that's following God because these people were following God with everything that they had. And it goes on to prove it. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Wow. This was a selfless group of people because I'm sure a lot of them had a lot of possessions, right? But they were so sold out to this deal and they were so on fire for this deal. They'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And they're seeing great wonders and great signs and great miracles and thousands of people added to the church, right? So they're like, this is awesome. We're gonna sell everything we've got and we're gonna give it to the poor ones, you know, and it's all gonna get divided out and it's all gonna be great and we're gonna live together and we're gonna fellowship together because now, I hated you before, but we have all things in common now because they got it. They got it. Have you guys ever just spent like a serious time in the spirit, like just an awesome time in the spirit of God? And it's like, oh, you know, the presence of God or the fire of God, right? And you're, it's just like, oh, this is amazing. And then you walk out of there and it's like the most love you've ever felt for other human beings ever, you know? And you walk out of there and you're like, I love you, man, <laughs> you know? That's what I think they were kind of experiencing the whole time. Because you can't spend time in the word of God and in fellowship with other people and in that level of the spirit of God with that kind of unity and not have a severe amount of love for your fellow brethren. You know? Whenever you spend time with God, you're going to have love for other people. Whenever you spend time with God, you'll start to see your priorities shift and change and rearrange. The only time my priorities have ever gotten off is whenever I stop spending time with God and in his word. That's the only time they've ever gotten off. But as long as I've ever spent time with God and in his word, I have had um, my priorities on track. Amen? 
And my priority is, I mean, the will of God for my life. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I love that. They ate their food with gladness. They were happy. They didn't have a care in the world. And simplicity of heart. There's something about um, letting go of all of your issues with other people, and there's something about spending time with God that makes the things in your life just seem simple and make the things in your heart just seem simple. Amen? Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Amen. So that's what happens whenever the church works together. You have simplicity of heart, you have gladness, you get to eat with your brethren, and daily people get saved. You know? Amen. How far can we go if we all have a one-track mind? How far can we go if we keep eternity before us and keep the reality that time never stops once we go to the other side, right? How far can we go as a body if we have one thing on our mind and we have all things in common? You guys are my company. You guys are my family, you know. Um, And I'm really glad God called me here because this is like a really great group of people. Everybody that walks into this church pretty much says the same thing. They're like, man, that's the friendliest church, you know. It's because of the love of God in us. Because we probably wouldn't be as friendly uh, without it. I know I wouldn't be. You know, they're coming in here and they're experiencing the love of God and some of them don't even know it, you know, but we got the opportunity to show them. And sometimes we get our priorities wrong and we lose our desire to, you know, and if you don't have a desire for the love of God, you don't have a desire for souls or you don't have a desire for his word, then your wood's wet, you know? And uh, you really need to back up and think about, do I have, am I thinking God's thoughts? Do I have God's things on my mind? Because God cares about people. He cares about people enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross, bankrupt heaven. You know it? God's great. And that's all we got to do is walk in unity and show that God's great. There was no schism amongst them. Can you imagine what the services were like? <laughs> they were probably pretty amazing. You know, you get all those people together and they just got filled with the Holy Ghost and there had never been anything like that. And they're kind of starting to realize, oh, I'm a new creation and this is what the Old Testament prophets talked about. Because the Old Testament prophets wanted to be what we are, a new creation in Christ. They wanted to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. They longed for it. They prophesied about it, and they said, man, that looks great. But we're the ones picked for this time. And so you get a whole group of people that are freshly filled with the Holy Spirit and freshly saved, and they know that this is what's been prophesied about. They had great services. You're telling me they came expecting And that's all we got to do is come expecting, right? And then we got to go out there and we got to show love. 
right? If we don't expect to see someone new in this church every time we come, then our expectation is not where it should be. If we don't expect to receive from God every time we come, then our expectation is not where it should be, right? It's something that we talked to the youth about. Not as much, you know, but it was something that was talked to the youth about um, before camp, you know, for years. Go expecting, and you'll receive so much more. And it is amazing, man. This message has been brought to you by Faith Builders Family Church. To learn more, please visit our website, www.faithbuilderschurch.net.